Today I am going to talk about uh, restoring the heart of fatherhood, and it's a message that I have, uh, that kind of literally lives in my soul, and I've taught this in a number of different ways over the, the years, but I thought because for Mother's Day I went through top 10 things your mom would never say, uh, I thought I would help our dads also. Top 10 things you probably never hear your dad say. Number 10, you know, Pumpkin, now that you're 13, you're ready for unchaperoned dates. Won't that be fun? Here's something you never hear your dad say. I've noticed that all your friends have a certain hostile attitude. I really like that. Number eight, here's a credit card and the keys to my brand new car. Go crazy. Number seven, your mother and I are going away for the weekend. You might want to consider throwing a party at our house. Number six, no son of mine is going to live under this roof without an earring. Quit your belly aching. Let's go to the mall. Number five, as a matter of fact, let's both go get nose rings. I think this one, you definitely never going to hear from me or dad. Why would you want to go and get a job? I make plenty of money for you to spend. <laughs> Number three, well, how about that? I'm lost. Looks like we'll have to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> All right, yeah. Number two, can you turn that music up? That really calms my nerves. Here's one thing you're never going to hear your dad say. Here. You take the remote. <laughs> I want to look at a piece of scripture and then uh, share a few thoughts with you this morning. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. I want to say, as I start talking about some of these ideas for a few moments today, that I do recognize that in this room, uh, there are people that have all kinds of scenarios there are uh, coming out of or coming from, and perspectives and maybe your dad was amazing and this would just be an amen for that or maybe your dad was kind of absent and uh, you might feel something that isn't all that pleasant in your own soul. Uh, there are dads that have passed away. There are dads that have stepped out of the picture. There's all kinds of stories in here uh, and I just, I just want to say I'm aware of all of those and um, and I have prayed this morning that the Holy Spirit would be able to take the words and the thoughts that I'm going to share with you and just meet us all right where we are because uh, whether your dad was great or whether your dad was not so great, uh, there is a heavenly father that uh, is in love with you and he wants to bring all the goodness that fatherhood can bring into your life. So I want you to keep your heart open. Um, but, but I do think there's, some, there's a huge amount of value in dad's understanding that there is a curse uh, where there is a lack of fatherhood. And the flip side of that is going to be there is a blessing that's released 
when there's a true heart of fatherhood. And so in America, we are facing a bit of a, of a crisis in society in that there are uh, one out of three homes in America, 24 million children are without their biological dad in the house. Uh, in 1960, only 8 million children lived in fatherless homes, but now 24 million. And so there are dads that don't get it. They don't, uh, they don't get the value that they bring um, into their child. And so there's a couple of stats. You could look this up yourself, but just to underline the idea that there really is a curse when there is a lack of fatherhood. Uh, without a father present in a child's life, they're four times more likely to live in poverty. Um, 75% of children living in fatherless homes are going to experience poverty before age 11 compared to 20% raised by two parents. Uh, children without a father around are more likely to suffer emotional and behavioral problems. Seven times, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teenager. Uh, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Two times more likely to drop out of high school. Uh, children raised without a father are more likely to develop emotional or behavioral problems. Uh, more likely to commit suicide. Uh, fall victim uh, more often to child abuse or neglect. And, the, and, and stats, this has held true for years, for decades, that they're more likely to become violent criminals. All of men serving long-term prison sentences, 70% of them grew up without a dad in their life. Now, I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm just trying to say there is definitely uh, a negative aspect, and the Bible calls it a curse, uh, but the stats are overwhelming about the positive, uh, legitimate impact that a father can bring into a family and into children. And, and if we could get a hold of this idea that the heart of fatherhood, a father that has turned his heart toward his children, a father that has a male who has turned his heart toward the next generation, that releases blessing. And, and the truth is, this whole idea about fatherhood is actually really a key component in the way God builds. Uh, it's, it's the way God builds family. It's the way God builds church. Uh, it's the way God, I believe, would even want us to have a fathering heart in, in the realm of business and life. So it's, it's the heart of fatherhood is such a huge and important idea in the way God wants to build things together. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, Apostle Paul tells this church that he's got this great relationship with. He says, for if you were to have countless tutors, countless teachers, countless preachers, countless people giving you information in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. And, and it's been a key component to the way that we've built our church. In, and and I, I just think it's important for us to understand that you could listen to a thousand podcasts of all the great preachers, and there are many of them, 
all the great teachers. You could go to all the great conferences, and I love conferences and all that, but that is never a substitute for having a spiritual father in your life. And, and that's what you want to be looking for in a pastor is not just somebody who's a hireling uh, to, to do a duty, but somebody that carries the heart of fatherhood. I hope I've carried that well over the years. It is my intention. But a beautiful thing happens when fathers start investing their heart and their life into their sons and daughters. And another beautiful thing happens when sons and daughters start receiving the life and the heart of fathers. Because I know that often when we've been in a fathering situation that maybe wasn't the best or wasn't the healthiest or didn't bring blessing into our life, it's easy to cut off uh, male authority. It's easy to cut off leadership in our life. And it's like, nobody's ever going to do that to me again. But when your heart can be healed and your heart can be made whole, uh, an incredible thing can start to happen. And there is so much blessing in this place where males turn their attention to father sons and daughters. It's a beautiful thing. And then when sons and daughters turn their attention to receive an honor, if you will, fatherhood in their life. So, and, and I realize even as I, as I talk about this kind of stuff, there's so much craziness going on in our society, you know, about males and females and leadership and abuse of power and all these kind of things that can go on. But don't let what somebody has misused rob you of the best that God wants to bring into your life. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, and I'm just kind of doing a flyover on a few scriptures that all could be messages in and of themselves, but Ephesians 3, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom? The Father. Every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So biblically, family flows out of fatherhood. And that's the intention that God has, is that, that men, fathers, would own this role of, of, of family being created. I am the oldest of five boys. Uh, that's all we had, five boys. Oh, that's all. My poor, my poor mom. Uh, but, um, but, but I grew up, and I'm sure a lot of us probably grew up this way, with our family primarily flowing out of motherhood. And I am grateful to my mom for, for having the heart for us and investing her soul and her life into us having a, a sense of, of family. And I, but my dad was not a believer, and my dad never you know, heard these kind of ideas. And I really believe that he tried to do the best he could do. But the truth is, he wasn't, he wasn't fully invested in us a, as a family. He kind of left that to my mom, and he left it to my mom. And, and by no means do I want to demean the role of mothers, but, I, but I, what I do want to speak to is restoring the hearts of fathers. And when you can have, when you can have a, a, a mother who's, who's healthy emotionally, spiritually, 
investing into their family and you have a heart of a father who is healthy spiritually, emotionally, and all the, all the ways that they can be, you've got a beautiful thing. You've got something that God created. Fatherhood is about men turning their heart toward their family. That might be a good statement to write down. Fatherhood is about men turning their heart toward the next generation. And first I want to say that the best move that a father can make is to love his wife. Amen. Uh, The greatest thing that a dad could do for his kids is love their mom, love his wife. Because it, this, is, this is understanding that the center of a spiritually healthy home, an emotionally healthy home, is a marriage. Kids want to swallow all the air. We just saw a picture of a beautiful little four-year-old boy just a few minutes ago. And if you've got kids, you know they are fighting to take over. They want to be the center of all the attention. And it's a beautiful thing when we start to teach our kids that you are not the center of the universe. I meet a lot of people that have never learned that lesson yet, and they're still adults. But when they learn that, that the, the, the marriage relationship is the center of things, and I, one of the best things I could have ever done for my girls is to love Suzette, is to love my wife, and that brings them security. That brings them a sense of peace into their life. But then fathers, not only dads, not only turning their hearts, husbands, not only turning their hearts to their, to their wife, but also to their children. And I don't know where you are on the scale of all of this, but I, I would love to, to speak into every heart today and have us recognize that being a father to your children is literally one of life's greatest assignments. Uh, it's like, I wear a lot of hats, you know, I wear a pastor hat, I wear a husband hat, I wear a friend hat, I wear a brother hat, uh, I wear a lot of hats, but, but one of the most valuable hats that I ever have ever worn and still want to wear today is the hat of being a father and now a grandfather to those kids that God has brought into my life. And it's so easy for men to turn their hearts to all kinds of stuff. They turn their hearts to their work and they get absorbed in their work and they don't really have emotional space together for their kids. Uh, They turn their attention to their hobbies. So men love their hobbies, you know. The only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys, right? So... I mean, you know, your hobby could be NASCAR, your hobby could be golf, your hobby could be fishing or hunting or or what motorcycles or whatever, and it can swallow your heart, it can swallow your There's any number of distractions that could come into a dad, into a husband, into a man's life that could just turn their heart away from one of their big job assignments in life. I would I would look at my, my 
life over the, the years that I've lived, and it was always my intention. I, would, I never wanted to be a great pastor at the expense of being a great dad. Like, I wanted to own this idea of being a dad and that it was, it was one of the hats I wore proudly. I wore with, with a lot of care and attention. So what I want to give you today is three things that fathers can give their children that come best from their fathers. Three things that children need from their fathers. And as I said, it, you know, you may find yourself in a place where you feel like as a dad I failed or my dad failed or whatever comes on. And, and I hope that all of us will stop and recognize that your dad is just a man who is maybe trying to do his best or maybe not trying to do his best. But our God is a heavenly father who never messes up at all. Right? So the, the, the first thought is this. What, what can dads bring to their kids? What can fathers bring is affirmation. Affirmation. So there's a, two times in the life of Jesus, uh, the Father God breaks through and speaks, literally speaks words of affirmation to Jesus. One was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry uh, when he is being baptized in water. And uh, the Bible says the heavens open, a dove came down. Matthew 3.17, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then further along in the journey on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is in a season of transition. Everything's been going great, but now things are, are getting kind of tense and the spiritual warfare is picking up. And he's in this place, Matthew 17, 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I don't know that I could, could over express the value of a father's affirmation. The expression of affirmation is an essential role of fatherhood. There's, there's a ton of people who go through their entire life longing to hear or have heard their dad say, I love you. I'm proud of you. You did a great job. You do that really well. You are so beautiful. And there's a, there's a lot of people that have never heard the, those words. They've never, they've never received that kind of affirmation. And, and again, there's all kinds of reasons why that could be happening. But the power of a father, and, that's, and it is a beautiful thing for a mother to speak affirmation, but, but something about a father speaking words of affirmation does something to the soul of a, of a boy, the soul of a girl. And so this, these stories are telling us this. Jesus' first affirmation was at the beginning of his ministry before he ever did anything. Like, I mean, he's, been, he's just been, you know, growing up and he's never launched. And there's no, there's no productivity 
There, there's, there's no accomplishment. There's, there's no, uh, you know, he, he, he made these great things happen before Jesus ever did anything. His father is speaking, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I think it's easy for, uh, for us to have that kind of relationship with God where we're like, we're looking for God's approval and God's affirmation on us because of what we've done because of our performance, but I just want to remind you today that God's love for you and God's affirmation of you has nothing to do with your performance at all. It's based on his unconditional love for you. And, yeah, and, and as dads, we need to learn that ourselves, that we are not just you know, having our, if, you know, one, we never want to compare our kids to each other. Hello. And two, we don't want to compare them to anybody else. And you got to recognize that they're both very, they're different. I have two daughters and they are very different from each other. And, and to give my approval and give my affirmation and give my love before they ever accomplish anything, before they ever performed in any way, love and, and I know this, it's easy for me to say this, but I know in the day-to-day, you got to remember to love them first before they give you anything to affirm. Just love them. There's different things in each one of your kids, but you gotta, you got you to gotta show them that you love them from the very beginning. And then the second expression of affirmation was when Jesus was at the Mount of Transfiguration. Here is Jesus. Everything is, is, is up and to the right on Jesus' ministry to this point. He's, everything's growing. Thousands of people are gathered. Or they want him to be the king. They want, to, they want him to, you know, be their ruler. And, and all these miracles are happening. And all this stuff is starting to take place. But around Matthew 17 is where things start to get tense and he's entering a new season where he's about ready to go to the crucifixion and things are getting hard and the crowd is actually turning against him and he's got he's in this transition stage in his life and he's 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 entering into this hugely difficult season I mean a season that was so difficult even Jesus said father if this could please not be my story. <laughs> Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever been through a moment where you go, God, please, uh, I know you're writing the story, but I don't know that I want this to be my story. And he's going through this situation, and God shows up to Jesus and speaks on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved son. This is who I'm well pleased. Hey, listen, when circumstances get tough, when you feel like the crowd is turning against you, it's always a good thing to hear your father say, I don't care what anybody says, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you, you I sent you, you've got something to say, you've got something to do, and I am with you all the way. Hey, listen, I, you know, the, the crowd is full of the crowd's opinion. And everybody has an opinion, but not every opinion is a good opinion. And if you live your life trying to appease the opinion of the crowd, you are never going to get anything done in your world at all 
But something about a father's affirmation that cuts through it all and say, you know what, actually, only I am living for an audience of one. I hope the crowd likes it, but if they don't, it's okay because I'm living for the audience of one. Fathers can bring that. Fathers can, can do an incredible job. When you know that you're loved by who matters the most, it can carry you through a lot of storms. The second thing I think that fathers can bring to their children is, is attention. Pay attention. Some people are so broke they can't even pay attention. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, Proverbs 27, verse 23 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. And what I want to say about this is you got to get, fathers have to get tuned to the frequency of their kids. I remember uh, when our girls were, were young, like two, four years old, and Suzette and I were working together, and we were trying to get this church off the ground. And believe me, it was hard at the beginning. And it was, it, I mean, there was no staff. There was no equipment. There was no anything. And, I mean, it, we, we were grinding to try to get this thing off the ground. And I, and I remember at the beginning of a year, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you got to pay attention to the girls this year. you you got to sow into that field. They need you at this point in life. And my work could have pulled my heart away, but I had to stop and go, you know what? I'll put all that in God's hands, but i got to get tuned in. To, to my, i got to pay attention to my, to my girls. And, and what I mean by that is I'm not just asking you to make them the center of the universe because that doesn't help them at all. But I am saying that you start to include them in your world. You start to include them in your journey. You start to carry them. You don't let them decide everything that goes on, but you have a journey, you have an assignment. Bring your, take them with you in your life. And don't just build your world around them, but make sure you're dialed in and you know what's going on with your kids. You're figuring out what's going on in, in their soul. You're paying attention, not just to your work, not just to your hobbies, not just to all the stuff that's around you, but you're dialed in and you know what's going on with your kids. That's a role for fathers to take. Fathers don't naturally gravitate there. Right? I've joked around with our guys. It's like, I don't like it when Suzette gives me hints because I don't speak the language of hint. I need, a, I need a straight, tell me what you want, I'll get it to happen. And to dial in and figure out what's going on. Ephesians 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but fathers bring your kids up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's not mom's job to do it. It's dad's job to do it. It's God gives this instruction to fathers to say, 
you got to invest into, you got to pay attention to your kids and you help bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I, th- I think for every dad to own this as a primary role in life, that I'm going to help my kids find Jesus. I'm going to help my kids find their God-given destiny. I, I'm going I'm to pay attention enough to help them in that journey. And I realize that, you know, kids make their own decisions. And you can't make those decisions for them. But guys, there's a, you go a long ways when you start paying attention, right? Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And one of the translations of this would actually give us this idea. Train up a child in the way they are inclined. The way, the way that their leanings are. And even when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So as a dad, you're paying attention. You're asking God for prophetic insight into their call. Prophetic insight. God, God gave them to you for a reason. He wanted them raised by you. So pay attention to, their, to what's in them, to the gifts that are in them, to the anointings that are in them, the call that's in them. Am I preaching this okay? Yeah? And I realize that when I'm talking about this, some people are going, oh my gosh, the surgery, help. Um, the third thing that, that fathers can bring that so powerful and unique is affection. Affection. This is about recognizing that this is more than just time blocking for our kids. This is about saying, I'm turning my heart. Like, I care. You get my heart. You get affection. And Kids need a touch from their dad's heart. And that could be expressed in a number of ways. Physical touch, I mean a hug, an arm, hand on the shoulder, uh, words that speak life to them, time, time with the kids. Listen, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Time, making time for them. I just want to. I want to encourage uh, men because men can get closed up. Men can get isolated. Men can miss it. And and I just want to encourage guys to. Uh, can I say it this way? Grow up a little bit, and be a man, and and let and let your kids let your kids feel that they're in your heart, that you have affection for them, that you really care about what's going on in their life and you really care about their future and you really care about their well-being. And let me just add this. Dads, the Bible said don't provoke your kids to anger. Dads, could you just be fun with your kids? Hello? It can't always just be telling them what to do, what not to do. I think, this, I think the reason some people have a boring life is because they're boring. I know that I needed that for first service. I, you, I, none of you guys need this at all. You know, as it happened in first service, this happens in this service. I, I'm, I'm looking, 
And I know a lot of stories, a lot of what's going on, what's gone on. And I just want to back up a little bit and, and take us here for a minute. You, you may not have had a great dad, but everybody in this room has access to a life-giving relationship with a heavenly father. And I want to invite you into that. A couple scriptures, Romans 8, 15. I'm almost done. Another 45 minutes. That's not true. Romans 8, 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, which could be Daddy, Father. That's how we get to have, that's the kind of relationship we get to have with God. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs of Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Something about a relationship with God Almighty, creator of the universe, that puts into us this Abba, Father, with Him. And as I've thought about this this week, this, this next passage from uh, the message, has there's just a phrase in here that I want us to kind of sit on. Ephesians 5.1 says, watch what God does, then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Verse 2, mostly what God does is love you. And, and that has just sat on me all week. And that's what I want to say to you. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Hey, would you close your eyes for a moment? Mostly what God wants to do is love you. And I want to pray, Father, thank you for every person in this room. I'm praying that a revelation will explode in our hearts about the incredible love that you have for each one of us, no matter where we are on the journey, that you are there, you care. You care about what's happened. You care about what is happening. You care about what will happen. We lean in to you today. I'm praying for dads that feel inadequate that you will help us. I'm praying for children that maybe didn't have the greatest dad that you will help us. God, I'm praying that, that your spirit will come in these few moments and do something so supernatural inside of us it brings us to a place where we can be healthy and whole and full of life the life that you desire for us 
With your head bowed and your eyes closed all across the room, I just want this opportunity. Maybe you've never surrendered to Father God today or, or in the past. I would love to pray with you. And let's start that journey. Maybe you're here today and you could look back on a relationship that you had with God in the past and you're nowhere near that anymore. Something's happened, you drifted, a hurt came, some kind of thing just stepped in the way, but you know it's time for you to come home. Or, or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand, but nobody looking around, just a couple minutes left. You say, Pastor, I, I, want, I want to open my heart to to God. I want, I want to come back in my relationship. I, I want to know for sure I'm right with Him. Would you pray with me? I, I just want you to lift your hand real high and just say, yeah, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, just, just be honest. Just have courage. Just right here in this moment, not a, not a call to get your act together, a call to surrender, a call to open your life, a call to open your heart. Is there anybody else? Just to say, yes, that's me. Would you, would you pray with me? God bless you. Thanks so much. Come on, anybody else who wants to be included in this? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All over the room, thank you. Hey, let's say this prayer together. This is for all of us who lifted our hands, all of us who maybe needed to lift our hands, but all of us can pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've messed up, I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I give my heart to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, God.